The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the truth It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who around this town tonight Welcome to the Last of the Sports Talk Radio Show Alex Clancy in studio this morning 888-346-9144 Got a lot to talk about today. Round one of the NFL draft is completed. Had a couple NBA playoff basketball games last night, and that's pretty much what we're going to cover today. The NFL draft went exactly as planned. Uh, I don't really know why Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay have so much weight held in their decision-making. I understand that they know more about the kids coming out of college into the draft than anybody. I understand that, and... and, and uh, and I give them credit for that. However, they don't know where these kids are going. They don't know where these young men are, are going to be drafted, in, in what position, who's going to trade up for them. And I've said this before, they're glorified weathermen. They're glorified stockbrokers. You look at trends, they have seven mock drafts in a, in a two-month span. So I, I don't really understand... Uh, why there's so much weight held on their on their opinions, and last night did not disappoint. I believe last year, uh, Todd McShay guessed seven correct out of thirty two in in the first round, and Tom and uh, Mel Kiper guessed eight. So uh, I'm not sure if that's expert level. But, you know, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt for now. Javion Clowney goes number one overall. Surprising to some, not surprising to some. What interested me the most was how long Texas, the Texans took to make the decision. Uh, they took the whole 10 minutes, and, and, and it's interesting because I'm not sure if fielding calls for trading the number one overall pick down to the wire of actually having to make that pick is a good or bad thing for Jamie and Clowney. Do, you have, do they have confidence in you? Do they believe in your talents? Are they hoping that you're the 2012 Jadavian Clowney and not the 2013? Probably. But fielding calls right till the right till the end of the line just makes me speculate. Do they really did they really want to take him? Traditionally, the number one overall pick is decided already. But Houston in a three-four defense with Romeo Cornell, they're gonna have to make a little adjustments of where to put him, and he's played all across the D-line, so they can put him wherever they need to put him. It just intrigues me that he's looked down upon for kind of taking a step back last year. He he had a fantastic 2012 year, you know, an All-American 2012 year, and he couldn't come out to the NFL draft. He would have been the number one overall pick last year, so he made the decision to play as opposed to just sit out a year. 
there was you know a lot of questioning on on either sides that there were positive and negatives to both to both aspects of his decision if he would have sat out he would have looked like he didn't feel like he needed to get better he didn't feel like his game needed molding or sculpting at all which would have made, made him look egotistical too confident especially for a college kid and then if you play you obviously have the risk of getting injured, blowing out your knee, and not being able to play in the NFL. So he chose to play, but he played seemingly at about 40 to 47%. And people question his, his work ethic. People question uh, if he's gotten worse. Kids don't regress that drastically in two years, especially people with the supreme talent that he has. You can't teach how big he is. You can teach. You can fill all the little holes in his game at the NFL level. And that's what they're going to do. So I think that if he would have come out of college last year and not this year, they wouldn't have taken the full 10 minutes. They wouldn't have taken the full first round time allotted to them or fielded calls to trade because Atlanta was, was in the mix. And I'm sure a couple other teams that weren't even brought out to the media were in the mix at the last moment to try and get them. So Jadavian Clowney, Houston Texans, him and J.J. Watt are going to be some uh, force to be reckoned with. Brian Cushing, if he can stay on his feet, and he's, he's had some tough luck tearing two ACLs in two seasons. The one two years ago was a cheap shot, so you, you don't really want somebody to lose a full season because of a cheap shot, but he did. With Indianapolis getting better, Jacksonville has to get better. And Tennessee is always formidable within the division. Their defense needs to get better, and it did. And did. Greg Robinson goes number two overall, offensive tackle out of Auburn to St. Louis. This was the RG3 pick. There was questions of if they would trade down. Uh, I think that this was a great decision on their part to take a solid offensive tackle to protect the, uh, the glass doll that is Sam Bradford or whoever they put under center next year. The biggest surprise... Came pick number three, Blake Bortles to Jacksonville. This was a decision made by Jacksonville. Two things. Number one, they drafted Blake Bortles to show the NFL, not to show, but this was a byproduct, that they don't just draft players to fill the stadium. Because if anybody needs sellouts bad, if anybody needs to unwrap thousands of seats that have just been covered by black so it looks like they're sellouts on TV. More than Jacksonville, show me one because they are the number one team. So they didn't go that route. They went, well, let's build for the future. Blake Bortles is a big dude. He has a Ben Roethlisberger physique. He doesn't do anything extremely well, but he doesn't do anything poorly really either. He is elusive in the pocket as much as as a guy of his stature can be. Ben Roethlisberger is elusive in the pocket. He just doesn't go down, which is elusivity in itself. So it's just interesting that they chose Blake Bortles because he is the NFL-ready guy. He's just not Johnny Manziel, who will fill the stadium. And number two, there's no circus around Blake Bortles, period. There just isn't. He hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't stepped out of bounds. He's played football. He's been very articulate, very very uh, succinct with his interviews leading up to the draft. 
and I think he'll fit in Jacksonville nicely. I, I wish Justin Blackman weren't suspended for the 2014 season, which it looks like he will be. Reports came out saying that. They don't have much of a running game, so they might have to go into the draft here and draft a running back. They have the they have the seventh pick in the second round of the draft. As a so, I mean that that might go towards a running back, and might they might have to wait till the third or fourth round to grab one. But they need some help for Blake Bortles. I always remember Joey Harrington coming out of Oregon, going to Detroit. A, a, Historically bad team. He was the best quarterback in that draft. And nobody heard from him ever again. So I, I hope that they will put pieces around him to allow him and give him the chance to succeed, and he'll just have to do it. Sammy Watkins, Buffalo t- traded up, took Cleveland's pick. Cleveland dropped down to nine. Or, uh, yeah, Cleveland dropped down to nine. Buffalo takes Sammy Watkins. This was kind of interesting. I'm not really sure people saw this coming because I didn't think people saw Cleveland trading that pick because that was the Johnny Manziel pick if, if he dropped to him. Or Sammy Watkins, for that matter. Cleveland went a different direction. We'll talk about that a little later. Khalil Mack going to Oakland. This just fell into the Oakland Raiders' lap. After acquiring... Signing Justin Tuck and Lamar Woodley, free agency. This kid's a beast. Khalil Mack's a beast. Looks like they're going defense. And I'll talk about that after I run down the first round about theories behind this draft and why certain teams that help their defense in the offseason continue to do so through the draft. Jake Matthews to Atlanta, that's good. Great offensive tackle, Texas A&M. I'm not sure if he's as good as everybody thinks he is because he had Johnny Manziel as his quarterback. It's not difficult at times to block for somebody that is out of the pocket after right after the ball snapped. I understand they had a decent run game, but you could say the same about Luke Jokel two years ago. Jonathan Martin... With Andrew Luck. Offensive tackles help their quarterback. But if their quarterback supersedes the game to a certain extent with their raw talent. It makes them look better than they are. In my opinion. We'll see. Hopefully Jake Matthews can take care of business in Atlanta. Matt Ryan's their star player. So they need to keep him erect. And rush blocking. Run blocking is a big issue for Atlanta, so hopefully he'll be able to help with that as well. Mike Evans, this is the only one that went scratched throughout everything, throughout all 75 mock drafts from Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper. Mike Evans to Tampa Bay. This is good for them. They still need a quarterback. I mean, I guess Josh McCown's their quarterback. Uh, Mike Glennon showed glimpses last year. Uh, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with regards to that. But now you have a fairly fairly high-powered offense. Doug Martin, if he can stay on the field. Bobby Rainey is a backup. Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans, another big receiver. I mean, they look good. That division is going to be stacked with New Orleans and Carolina. That's going to be stacked. Cleveland trades... The nine pick that they received from Buffalo to move up to eight and draft Justin Gilbert. 
Cornerback out of Oklahoma State. I mean, Cleveland has turned their franchise around in one offseason and one first round of a draft. One offseason in the first round of the 2014 NFL draft. Carlos Dansby from the Cardinals. Dante Whitner from the 49ers. Ben Tate, to a certain extent, from Houston. They actually have some sort of a run game now. Justin Gilbert, Oklahoma State, cornerback. He went from the first, I mean, he was around the first to third top cornerback in the draft, depending on who you talk to. Darquez Denard from Michigan State was in that mix too. Jason Verrett was in that mix too. But them getting Justin, Justin Gilbert at eight was a little bit higher than people thought he would go. However, it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect fit. Joe Hayden, I mean, that defense is going to be silly in Cleveland. That defense is going to be pretty disgusting. I mean, that's puts Pittsburgh on watch. Pittsburgh might now be the third best defense in that division behind Cleveland and Cincinnati now. And Baltimore. The two younger siblings of that division are now rising to the top. Carmel Lester Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio. I'll continue NFL draft on the other side of the break and then talk a little NBA basketball playoffs. I'll be right back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Welcome to the Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio talking NFL draft. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Justin Gilbert to Cleveland. That's where we left off. That defense is going to be scary. That defense is going to be scary. Anthony Barr drops all the way down to nine with Minnesota. So Minnesota didn't do so poorly for themselves. Let's jump down to the last pick of the first draft of the first round. They traded up, took Seattle's pick, drafted Teddy Bridgewater. So they've made a decision who their quarterback's going to be. They had seven quarterbacks on staff last year. And 
there's going to be quarterback controversy going into training camp. But if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't break his leg, he's going to be the starting quarterback. So we'll talk about that a little later. Odell Beckham Jr. at 12. Top receiver. One of the top receivers in this draft goes to the Giants because the Giants need help. They need help. They got Hakeem Nix is gone. Victor Cruz had a down year. Ruben Randall kind of put himself at the top of the pecking order. And I know because I had him in both my fantasy leagues. So that was a great pick for them. C.J. Mosley dropping to 17 from Alabama going to Baltimore. That's great linebacker choice for them. They just breed linebackers in Baltimore. I mean, it's it, it, that's just how they do it. Their linebacking core has been the best since, since 2000, barring injuries. Haha, Clinton Dix drops to 21 with Green Bay. So Julius Peppers goes to Green Bay. Clinton Dix out of Alabama. Safety goes to Green Bay. They've helped themselves. I mean, I know Julius Peppers is is on the downslide of, of his career on the on the other side of the hill, but he's still he's still serviceable. And Green Bay, even when they won the Super Bowl, they were the worst offense in the NFL. But the off the NFL has changed since then. In the past few years, the NFL has definitely changed. And I'll talk about that after all of this. Johnny Manziel. 22, goes to Cleveland. They trade it up from 26 to 22. Johnny Manziel. This, they they win the first round. Cleveland does. And I'm going to tell you why. You have a defense now in Cleveland. You have... Somewhat of a run game in Cleveland. You have arguably the top two, top three receiver in the NFL and Josh Gordon in Cleveland. Jordan Cameron, up-and-coming tight end, kind of the, the flex tight end, Jimmy Graham-ish, but not to, that, not to that level. You have Greg Little. If they can get one more receiver... That is a perfect setup for a young quarterback that is very polarizing. He can either be a pro bowler or he can be, you know, he can be benched after 5 weeks. However, you know, with with a good defense though, it gives a young quarterback chances. With a solid running back, it gives a quarterback the ability to ease into the season, ease into the preseason, ease into the first, you know, four or five games and trust the people around him. Josh Gordon's the type of guy, you can just throw the ball up to him and he can go get it. He made some of the sickest catches I've ever seen last year. And this is why I said that this, the Johnny Menzel could be a good fit. I think it, it would be a poor choice for the Texans as an organization, but he could be a good choice to go to Houston because they have two big receivers, because they have a good defense, and because they have a solid run game. That's the perfect makeup for a young quarterback. Ask Ben Roethlisberger how it was to have that defense in that running game when he came into the NFL with, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Got him two Super Bowls. First one. Got him the first one. Second one, he was he was a veteran at that point. But Johnny Manziel going to Cleveland, even though it's a cold-weather place, I think that this is probably the best place for him in the NFL to succeed. And who would have ever thought that I would say that at the end of last season? So many things have transpired since then. And it's it. I'm curious. I'm intrigued. And... It just came across the wire that 1,500 season ticket uh, people have bought season tickets. 1,500 people. From last night to now. Cleveland deserves something. Brandon Whedon didn't work. Brady Quinn didn't work. Tim Couch didn't work. For the city of Cleveland, I hope this works. I mean, for the NFL as a whole, I hope this works. I'll watch them. I'll watch every single game that I can that he's playing if he's starting. I will. He's electrifying to watch. I mean, he's, he needs some work. I mean, this is... I said yesterday that I don't think he'll make it in the NFL... I don't, I don't think that he should be a first-rounder. I think jumping to the conclusion of I don't think he'll make it in the first round is me pretty much being Mel Kuyper and, and having no idea. So I hope he succeeds because it'd be a great story. be a riveting story every week that he plays. I wonder how many Cleveland Browns games will get flexed. I mean, I I would assume at least one. At least one. Especially if they start to win a couple games at the beginning of the season. There's something, and I said I'd talk about this later, and later is now. There's a trend that I've noticed in the first round of uh, of this playoff, and in, in the uh, this first round of this draft, and in the in the off season, teams that have weak offenses are focusing primarily on defense. Oakland and Cleveland are two very important examples. They were the two worst teams in their respective divisions last year. They showed glimpses with Terrell Pryor in Oakland when he was uh, upright in Cleveland Jason Campbell and Josh Gordon just tearing it up. But they've both added veteran leadership on the defensive side of the football and drafted a stud on the defensive side of the football in their first round in the first round. They've made a couple signings on the offense on the offensive side. But I think that this is fantastic, especially looking at looking at Seattle and San Francisco. Seattle, their offense is good. I mean, let's not let's not question that. It, it, it might have taken a turn for the worse this year after Golden Tate left because they don't have much uh, in the receiving uh, in their receiving core now. San Francisco when Alex Smith was there before Colin Kaepernick, their offense wasn't great. They had a good run game, but their offense wasn't great. It was their defense, and this might be the new mold that teams are taking that don't already have potent offenses. Instead of trying to outscore teams, 
stack up on defense. Offensive players like to go to places that have good defenses. I think that's pretty obvious. So it'll be interesting to see how Cleveland does, how Oakland does, with their new idea of how to mold their team. And then you have New Orleans, on the other hand, 20th pick that they traded up to get this guy. They traded with Arizona to get Brandon Cooks, who is a top three receiver in this draft. So they're going all offense. Their defense showed signs last year. Maybe they'll draft some defensive guys in the next couple rounds. They'd lose their third-round pick because they traded it to Arizona to move up the seven spots. Green Bay, same way. I mean, they drafted they drafted a, a defensive back, and they got Julius Peppers in offseason, as, as I alluded to earlier. But their defense should be so much better than it is with Clay Matthews and A.J. Hawk. It just isn't. I always kind of group those teams together because they've had two of the most potent offenses. And I guess you can put New England in there as well in recent history. And obviously Denver last year, but they had a good defense. And their defense got crazily better in the offseason. So we're noticing a lot of defensive guys are getting paid more money than ever before. Like a lot of money. Who would have thought a cornerback would get $40 million guaranteed 10 years ago? Richard Sherman is who I'm talking about. So we're starting to see the NFL shift and evolve. I'm not sure where it's going to end up, but, I, but I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Deion Buchanan, strong safety from Washington State, was the pick for the Arizona Cardinals. This is a great pick. They showed him on camera in his home when he got drafted. And he was trying his hardest to not lose it on camera. His whole family around him. That's some of the best parts about the draft is seeing the raw emotion of these kids that made it. Work your whole life for this moment to be a first-round pick. I mean, it's just those little things in this barbaric game of football kind of puts perspective into how hard it is to get there and how hard it is to stay. Deion Buchanan, welcome to the Cardinals. If this pick works out, Patrick Peterson, Teron Matthew, and Deion Buchanan be the secondary of the future. I'm pretty excited. I'm excited that the Cardinals also got a third-round pick, so they have a second and two-thirds. They're in position to make some moves. I still think that they need a quarterback. Their car is still there. I'm not sure who else they'd take. I'm kind of surprised they didn't take Derek Carr at 27. Uh, they must know that that they can get him uh, in the second round. I, I, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure why. I'm not. I'm not sure why they didn't take him. Is Drew Stanton going to be your your backup 
Carton, Carton, uh, Carson Palmer goes down. I'm not exactly sure, but help their defense. And as I talked about before, a couple minutes ago, defense is so important. You have to keep up. And especially in the division with San Francisco and Seattle, two top three defenses, you have to follow suit. Cormel Lasser Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio. Come back, talk NBA. I'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. Just covered the first round of the NFL draft. Round two is tonight. It's moving day. Round two and round three are so important in the NFL draft. And this draft is it, it's pretty deep. I mean, it's, it didn't look like it right away. And then as the combine came out and as uh, just workouts and pro days, scouting, this is a really deep draft. So I'm excited to watch round two tonight, round three tomorrow. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. NBA, couple games last night. Heat 94, Nets 82. I'm not surprised. Um, Darren Williams, goose egg. He Roy Hibberted last night. It's difficult when your point guard goes 0 for 9. Doesn't score in a playoff game. Seven boards, six assists, fine. But doesn't score in 37 minutes? I don't. I don't really understand what's up with Brooklyn. Uh, maybe they are just exhausted. Maybe the, Maybe this is it. Maybe they're out of gas. 
Kevin Garnett is a shell of himself. Paul Pierce is still playing serviceably. Kevin Garnett is not. It's sad. It's sad to see after his illustrious career that he's trying so hard and it's just not working. It's just not. I don't. After watching last night, I don't know if they're going to win more than a game. Traditionally, when a team goes down 0 2, they'll win game three at home. When they go down 0-2 on the road, I should say. They'll win game three at home. So that that's their best hope to get back in this series, turn the momentum around. And Jay-Z will be pissed. LeBron, I mean, he's he's taking what the defense gives to him. You know, he's not this the stat stuffer like he was last year. He's just taking care of business. Everybody just plays well. And when you have Ray Allen on your bench, it's like having six starters. It's almost not fair. Top to bottom, the Heat are just better than Brooklyn. That's just how it is. This is kind of a boring series. You know, I thought it would be a little bit more exciting. The one thing I'm... The one trend across the playoffs this year is... The teams that win have under 10 turnovers a game. Miami had eight turnovers last night. Taking care of the basketball, especially during the playoffs, is so paramount. And the good teams do it. The good teams do not allow turnovers to turn into fast break points or just points in general. And Miami's taking care of business in that regard. What does Brooklyn need to do to get back into this series? They need to find a leader. It's nice to put all these names on one team. It's nice to have the veteran leadership of Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, even though it's difficult to be a leader of a team when you've only been there for one year. I don't know how much the players are buying in, the other players are buying in to Garnett and Pierce. When they were in Boston, there was no question who the leaders were on that team because they had been there. Transplanting to a different team and trying to instill the same roles and passion and leadership that they did in Boston, it, it's, seemingly it's tough to do. Darren Williams, it's, it's unfair to call him a bust from where he, from as high as he was drafted. But he's not not a bust either. He had a couple, he had, he had some good years, 21 and 10 years, marred by injury throughout his whole career. Got Jerry Sloan fired. And, and then left, went to Brooklyn. So, I don't know. He still shows flashes, but he misses a lot of free throws down the stretch in big games. He missed a lot of free throws in the Toronto series. When you expect a veteran point guard to make those free throws, especially somebody that shoots you know, mid-70s, up, uh, upper 70s, 
They need to find a leader. And it might be too late. I mean, at this point, it might be too late. They don't have much of a low post game at all. Kevin Garnett, again, is not what he used to be. Mason Plumlee isn't going to get it done for you. Man, if they had Brooke Lopez right now, are you kidding me? If they had Brooke Lopez right now, I would put them as a favorite in this series, which is weird to say. But you know Miami's, Miami's Achilles heel, Miami's kryptonite is a big guy. And Brooke Lopez is 7'2", so he, he's a big guy. So what do they need to do? They need to find a leader. I mean, that's the, it's simple as that. They need somebody to lead this team, not necessarily through getting a triple-double every night, but just allowing the flow of natural basketball to present itself because it's not there right now. Yeah, I give this five games max. Spurs 114, Portland 97. Portland got this game down to about seven points with five minutes left. And then the Spurs turned on the afterburners and that was it. Man, the Spurs are good. Anytime you let a team score 41 points in a quarter, it's going to be tough for you to win that game. The Spurs scored 70 points in the first half. This has been the bugaboo for Portland. I just said Kryptonite and Achilles Heel, so that was the only other one I could think of. It's been their bugaboo the whole year is playing defense. The Trailblazers, and it's showing. 70 points. Spurs offense isn't that good. They scored 60, 65, and 70 points respectfully in the first two games in the first half. It's not good. You're making them look like superheroes. And they're not, they're not having to play over 40 minutes. Their starters aren't having to play over 40 minutes. Tony Parker, Tim Duncan got close. But, man, the Spurs just look really good. They just look like they always do. Oh, and uh, by the way, their bench accounted for 50 points last night. 5-0. 50. And again, going back to the Ray Allen comment I made earlier, you have six starters, so those numbers are ballooned a little bit when Manager Nobley's coming off the bench. However, it's still happening. Bellinelli, Boris Diaw, Patty Mills. They look really good. LaMarcus Aldridge had an awful game. 6 for 23 from the field, 16, and he had 10 boards. I, it, they've got to be tired. Portland's got to be tired. They played so many minutes in the first series. The starters did. They're playing so many minutes now, and they don't have that ability to go mind over matter and realize that they still have some juice in the tank. They need to realize that this is why they condition constantly in the offseason, constantly during the regular season, eat healthy, get good sleep, do all these things to get your body ready for situations like this. And obviously it's easy for me to say because, I mean, I was conditioned, but I only played high school ball. We only played 20 games a year. They need to figure something out. 
they're so go, go, go all the time that they need to find some solace for their bodies. They maybe need to slow the tempo down a little bit, play San Antonio basketball, play half-court offense, because whatever they're doing now isn't working. And that's apparent. So going back home, what does Portland need to do? And I will say the same thing. I think that if they're going to win a game in this series, it's going to be at home. It's going to be game three. And if they happen to blow out San Antonio in game three, we might have a series. I don't think it's going to happen. But this is the game that Portland obviously needs to win to stay in this series. They need to get Robin Lopez involved. And that's weird to say. I understand that. He's not really a guy that you draw plays for. San Antonio has two big guys. Tiago Splitter, Tim Duncan. You have two big guys. LaMarcus Aldridge, Robin Lopez. LaMarcus Aldridge isn't a traditional four. He's more of a really tall three. Really tall, small forward. He has, he has back-to-the-basket game, but he's not a banger. Tim Duncan, as for as lanky as he is, he's a banger. He has every move in the book, but he's a banger. Get Robin Lopez involved. Get some easy buckets. You don't need to shoot the ball behind the three-point line as much as you do. It's only one extra point. It's not that big of a deal. Pack everything in. Get easy baskets. Be around the key all the time. Take your threes when you're open, but initiate everything down low first. That will open wide the three-point line. That you got, we, Everybody knows you can shoot them. Slow the tempo down and go inside. That's what I think that Portland needs to do if they're going to have any, any heartbeat in this series. Can San Antonio play better than they are now? I honestly don't know. Through two games, I honestly think that they're playing flawless basketball. And it's easy when you get a huge lead at the end of a first half. They're up 19 at halftime. I mean, it's not even a series. This is what a 1-8 series should be like. It's crazy to me. And the same on the other side with, with Washington, or with Washington, with uh, Miami and Brooklyn. It's the same thing. It looks like a 1-8 series right now. Trailblazers, Trailblazers were the hottest team in basketball for like three months. And maybe they were emotionally drained after that Houston series, which for a younger team, you can't really fault them for. But you gotta you got to save some face here. And what I said before, I truly believe, mind over matter, you need to grow up. Just because you can't fault somebody for something doesn't mean you don't have to hold them accountable. And I'm holding them accountable for breaking through this brick wall and showing some fight. Show something. Play defense. You have an extremely talented team. Show it. Carmel Lasseter Sports Talk. 
VoiceAmerica.com. I'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Welcome back. Carmen Lester Sports Talk final segment, 888-346-9144. Two big games tonight. 1-1 series. Pacers-Wizards in Washington. Thunder go to L.A. Coming off a win. Face the Clippers. I have conversations with people about what the most pivotal game of any seven-game series is. And a lot of people say it's game three. A lot of people say it's game four. I'm one to think that it's game four. Because 2-1 going to 3-1 and 2-2 going, 2-1 going to 2-2 is supremely different. And obviously 3-0 going to 4-0 means the series is over. But I understand what, what, what 2-1 means. And don't make fun of me for saying that. I, I understand why people think that. Because right now, if the Pacers go into Washington or the Thunder go in to, to L.A. and win, they get home court back, which is so huge later on you get into the playoffs, especially for Indiana because this is what they've wanted all year. Coming off Roy Hibbert's 28-9, I wonder if they're just going to shoot out of the gates or if they're going to fall behind like they have the first two games. If anything could inspire the Pacers 
to get back to their old ways of playing basketball, last game Roy Hibbert's performance would be it. Seems like everybody loves him on the team. Everybody wants him to succeed. And when you have such a tight-knit group as they do, and take Lance Stevenson out of that, I know that George Hill, Paul George, Roy Hibbert, they're good friends, and obviously they all went fishing together. When you see one of your friends succeed like that, it builds a fire inside you. You want to help them succeed. You want to do all these things also. You want to help the team succeed also. So we'll see what Pacers team we see tonight. I think that it's time for Paul George to take a stand here. Put the team on his back and take care of business. Because he hasn't. He had 30 in Game 7 against Atlanta. So good. In a Game 7 where your team needed to win, you, you came through. That's great. That's what you're supposed to do. This is a big game. All these games are big now, so you need to take more than 13 shots. You need to have more than six points going into the fourth quarter on six shots. You need to not pass the ball with 22 seconds left. When you have a 15-footer, you can rise up against a defender. You pass it to a guy, Lance Stevenson, who makes a 22-footer. You need to be the leader. I'm picking Indiana to win this game. I'm picking them to take control of this series and finish it in six. I know that that's not really a popular opinion now because of how great Washington's been playing, but you could see Washington was tired last game. You could see that the shots weren't falling that were falling in the first round against Chicago. They haven't hit a wall, but you can see things are changing a little bit, in my opinion. Thunder going to L.A. play the Clippers. I have no idea who's going to win this game. The first two games were so different from each other. Game one, uh, the Clippers shot the lights out. I've talked about this the past couple days, that Oklahoma City could not, pull that, could not have that much weight on that game because nobody could have beat them that night. Yes, they lost home court advantage. And yes, they went down 0-1 in a seven-game series. So it's, I understand it's not just a regular season game. There is some weight, but you can't get downtrodden by losing by that many points to a team that just couldn't miss. And I guess you could say the same for the Clippers in Game 2, to the Clippers in Game 2. Kevin Durant just got the MVP award. They were on a high, blah, 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 blah. But the intensity shown by Russell Westbrook in Game 2 was something I'd never seen before on the defensive end. If he plays defense like that every game, I'll give him a little more leeway on the offensive end with the, with the bad shots that he takes. And I did. He took a couple horrible shots in game two. He had an alleged triple-double, which wasn't a triple-double. Going, going into L.A., you have to get people involved early. That's not Kevin Durant, not Russell Westbrook. Get Serge Ibaka involved. Make Serge Ibaka understand that he still needs to play defense. He was one of the best defenders in the league a couple years ago. And Blake Griffin's taking him to school. DeAndre Jordan is jumping over him. I mean, DeAndre Jordan can jump higher than anybody in, in that building at any time. What Oklahoma City may need to do here is put Kendrick Perkins on Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. 
and put Serge Ibaka on DeAndre Jordan for the entirety of the game. Let Kendrick Perkins get into Blake Griffin's head for the entirety of the game. Steven Adams. Let Steven Adams come in, get into Blake Griffin's head, and he did last game in game two. Steven Adams is a great puzzle piece to have. A lot of people don't know who he is. Comes off the bench, around seven feet, young kid, and scrappy. But he'll make the first shove and not retaliate. That's what everybody was talking about on TNT. Steve Kerr, that's what he'd always talk about. He's known for making the first little nudge and then not retaliating when another guy pushes him. So he's, if nothing else, he's six fouls. They could send both DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin to the line where we both, where we all know they're not very efficient. DeAndre Jordan shoots about 12% better from the field than he does from the line. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. So Oklahoma City, what they need to do to win this game, get everybody involved early. I've been a Laker fan for a long time, and I know what kind of game it's going to be within the first three or four minutes. If Kobe Bryant takes six or seven shots in the first quarter, first eight minutes, I know it's going to be a long game. I know it's going to be a 32-shot game. If he takes two shots in the first quarter, I know he's not going to turn it on until the second half. Russell Westbrook, same thing. If Russell Westbrook takes five, six, seven shots in the first quarter, it's going to be a long, long night for Oklahoma City fans. So get everybody involved early so the flow of the game will be organic. Flow of the game, everybody will be ready if they get the ball passed to them. Instead of just standing around watching Kevin Durant and and Westbrook do what they do. Just hoping to get an offensive rebound and a lay-in or something. Reggie Jackson, X-Factor. If they can play that three-guard setup, well, you can't call Kevin Durant a guard. If you can play Russell Westbrook and Reggie Jackson in the backcourt and have Kevin Durant as the three, I think that's their best lineup. I know you lose a little bit on defense because uh, is not on the court, but you, you'll live with that, especially with the high-powered offense that the Clippers have. He can't guard everybody. What do the Clippers need to do? They need to bang it down low. So I think it's going to be in the trenches tonight. Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan versus Serge Ibaka and Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins lives for this stuff. This is why you have Kendrick Perkins on your team. He doesn't do anything great. He rebounds okay. He's not an offensive threat at all. But he's a banger. Who am I going to pick? I'll go on a limb and take Oklahoma City here. Take both road teams, steal back home court advantage, and have a series in both regards. I, I think Indiana will win in six. I know that's lofty right now because they don't even have home court advantage yet, but I think they'll win in six. And I don't know who's going to pick Oklahoma. I don't know who's going to win the Oklahoma City Clippers series. I have no idea. I'm not going to Todd McShay it. Man, I've been talking mess about them today. They're just not, they don't know. For experts, they don't pick very well. I just don't understand. For experts, they don't pick very well. I know there's 
I, I know there's parity. I know there are things that change with trades and whatnot. And I'm sure that the picks they make would be nice fits for the teams that they choose that they'll be drafted by. But come on. It's just another thing that the NFL has to keep people interested. It really means nothing in the grand scheme of things. The only thing that I enjoy with them two on TV is that they hate each other. And that makes for pretty good TV. Oh, I got to get out of here. Follow me at Clancy's Corner on Twitter. I'll see you guys Monday. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.